Jason cursed under his breath as he tried to control his trembling hands. He tried concentrating on when this ordeal would be over. Jason realized that Ignacio and Leo had moved on stealthily, slinking along the wall of the mansion. He tried to keep up without making squeaky noises from his Reeboks. Through the floor-to-ceiling window across from them, the outdoor pool reflected light from the overhead spotlight, which Jason had accidentally triggered. It gradually began to fade as they continued. It gave them more darkness for coverage. Ahead was Leo, whom Jason saw as the leader of their group, since he was the one who recruited him. He wore his typical dark denim ensemble of a jacket and matching pleated jeans, with the jacket buttoned up to hide his knit white top, and he was carrying a gold gym duffel bag. Behind Leo was Ignacio, who liked to go by Iggy, a half-brother of Leo who had connections throughout their hometown. Much to Leo's dismay, Iggy wore his favorite red Kangol hat along with a dark blue hoodie and sweatpants. Leo always complained that he was too conspicuous when they went looting. Jason felt a twinge when he remembered that they were far from their neighborhood, where his ailing grandmother was sleeping. He genuflected and gave a quick prayer in hopes that he would make it out of this and that it would be his last job with Ignacio and Leo. Jason had promised his grandmother that once he had enough money for the both of them, he would quit and take her away to another city where he could find better treatment for her. Leo stopped suddenly, nearly causing Jason to collide with Iggy. They had reached a wide entryway that led to a living room. Jason peered in and realized that it was as big as his whole house. It had garish paintings and pop sculptures along with bright colored furniture. He found it hard to believe that it all belonged to the man they were searching for. To Jason, Elliot Duplass looked like a college professor with a stuffy bow tie to match. The article in the newspaper said that he was an entrepreneur with a long list of owned properties and investments. The mention of his declining health caught Jason, Leo, and Iggy's interest. Leo pointed across the living room towards the staircase. He's probably upstairs sleeping, he said and started across the room. Iggy grabbed his arm. Wait, what about his wife? She's at some ball or something, don't you remember? It was in the papers. They said that she was going to represent his company, since he couldn't be the one to go. But, what? What's the problem? I feel like, like someone is watching us, Iggy said, and he glanced at Jason. Jason peered down the hallway, back where they came from, and then ahead. The feeling he had made sense now, that Iggy said it out loud. It wasn't only fear he had, but the sensation of eyes upon him as if you were back in a police lineup. Don't be stupid, Leo said, yanking his arm from Iggy's grip. Going single file, the three of them made their way to the staircase. Leo tested the first step by gently placing one foot and then the other. No noise emerged. Jason glanced at his Casio digital wristwatch. It was two in the morning. Steadily, Jason followed Leo and Iggy up the staircase to the second floor. The hallway led to five different rooms, and in between each door were paintings and side tables with floral arrangements. Leo turned and pointed at each of them and then to the doors. Leo and Iggy approached the door, and Jason chose one further down the hall. 
With his gloved hand, he turned the brass knob slowly. The room was cavernous and was in shadows except for the faint glow of a nightstand lamp. Next to it was a circular bed loaded with pillows and a sleeping form. Jason froze. He could hear heavy breathing and a machine droning. The respirator mask was snugly placed on Elliot's face. His eyebrows were furrowed as if he knew that Jason was in his bedroom. Satisfied that his entrance hadn't disturbed Elliot, Jason turned back. Leo and Iggy were returning back into the hallway. Jason signaled to them. Each of them pulled out a plastic Halloween mask from Leo's small duffel bag. Leo was a wolf, Iggy was Wonder Woman, and Jason was Alf. Leo stood in front of Elliot while Iggy circled to the other side, and Jason stood at the foot of the bed. Leo nodded at each of them and pulled out a zip tie. Iggy pulled out his gun from the crook of his back. Leo shook Elliot until his eyes popped open. They focused on Leo and widened. Leo yanked a respirator mask from Elliot's face. Get up, he said. Jason stood by as Leo yanked Elliot from the bed, turning him away to tie his hands behind his back. Elliot glanced at Jason and then Iggy, his head bobbing as if he were on a life raft waiting for rescue. Jason peered at Iggy, who only stood watching, his gun pointed at Elliot. He imagined him smiling underneath the mask. He knew Iggy enjoyed watching others being tormented. Jason never cared for such violence. His nature was to take what he needed and leave the victims alone. Besides the massive circular bed, there was a lounger near the bay window, along with a mirrored dresser next to it. On the other side was the walk-in closet and the bathroom. Leo pushed Elliot onto the lounger, and Jason was able to see his face better. He stared as he realized Elliot wasn't that old. He seemed to be young, perhaps as young as Jason. Yet Elliot was frail and thin. His skin was the same shade as the moon on a cold night. All right, old man. You know why we're here. Where is it? Leo asked, his wolf mask looking menacing with shadows from the moonlit window dancing along its surface. It's in a safe, down in the basement, Elliot said. Jason shifted, and his breathing intensified. He didn't like the way Elliot spoke. Having robbed countless other people, there was one thing that they all had in common. They were afraid. Jason could see that Elliot was not. His voice was steady and composed. All right, then. Let's go. Leo said as he pulled on Elliot's silk pajama top. Leaving the bedroom and heading down the stairs, the group followed Elliot. He shuffled ahead. Jason brought up the rear. He peered at the corners where the shadows clung and at the closed doors. They walked through the living room again and then entered the hallway. Elliot turned to the right and Leo, Iggy, and Jason followed him into another large room where he turned on the lights. The library reminded Jason of the one he saw in the movie, Clue. Books filled every wall from top to bottom and there was antique-style furniture in the middle. Elliot walked to a wide mahogany desk and reached under it, and like a mystery novel, a small panel slid to the side on one of the walls. Jason couldn't help but smirk at the cleverness of it. He saw that the hidden alcove had a keypad, which Elliot punched rapidly in his code. Next to Elliot, a shelf revolved, revealing stairs heading down. He reached inside and flicked a switch. He turned to stare at the group. Jason watched as Leo hesitated first, 
and then stepped towards the staircase. You're going first, he said. Elliot glanced back at the entrance of the library and then gradually took the first step, gripping the bars for support. Jason peered back at the library's doorway. Shadows danced at the edges, and then a hand clasped his shoulder. You go next. Basements give me the creeps. It's probably like that movie Amityville Horror, you know? Iggy said. Jason choked out a short laugh as he ascended the stairs. The smell of mold and mothballs greeted his nostrils in the basement. He held onto his nose to keep from sneezing. A light bulb swung on a string above, and he could see in the swaying light misshapen objects on each side of the walls covered with faded cloth. It was a stark difference between the lavish upstairs quarters. Jason saw Leo standing behind Elliot as he worked a dial on a tall safe. Iggy walked past him with his gun drawn and stood to the side. Jason peered up the stairs, and for a moment, he thought he saw a shadow pass in front of the doorway. He stepped further into the basement, his back to the others. For the first time, he wished that he had a weapon. He never cared for the guns and had always left it to Leo and Iggy to use them. Jason leaned against an open space on the wall. He was able to watch the stairs and the others. As he peered at Elliot, he noticed something on his neck. Jason's eyes widened as he recognized what it was. Two puncture wounds. He felt the powerful need to genuflect but caught himself. The safe door swung open with a shrill twist of metal. As the others stepped in to search the safe, the light went out. Jason groaned and stepped back into the wall. A swooshing sound filled the basement, and Jason's mask was ripped off his face. Gasping, he raised his arms up, trying to touch his way. The light came back on. Jason blinked, scanning the basement for Leo and Iggy. He found them where he last saw them, their masks having been taken. Leo staggered in place. Iggy was pointing his gun at the floor, while Elliot was nowhere near the safe. Jason found Elliot at the foot of the stairs, along with a woman. She looked like an actress, sleek, beautiful, and commanding. Her blonde hair was in a messy bun, and she wore a tight, long, dark blue gown. The woman peered at them, and Jason could see a bit of shine in her eyes, as if she were a stray cat at night. There was a click from Iggy's gun as he released the safety. The woman smirked. There was the swooshing sound again. The air felt turbulent. Jason saw blurred movement, yet it was hard to see what was going on. Iggy screamed, and the gun clattered to the floor. Jason stared at Iggy's hand as it bled freely from the stumps of his missing fingers. Leo grabbed Iggy and leaned him on the wall. He went for the gun. I wouldn't do that. The woman spoke. Her voice was both smooth and acidic, like a glass of Chardonnay. Leo pulled his hand back and peered at Jason. Jason watched the woman as she placed her hands on her hip. Elliot stood back with his arms crossed in front of his body, as if he was cold. You all made a big mistake coming here, she said, as she met each of their eyes. I'm Monica Duplass, and I may not look it, but I am 800 years old. Fairly young for a vampire, figuring there aren't very many left. Monica teased a smile. 
Jason felt his mind drift, as if he were floating away on an inflatable tube. He didn't understand how this could be happening, yet he knew that he was in mortal danger, whether Monica was telling the truth or not. Iggy moaned in the background. We weren't going to hurt him. We just wanted the money, Leo said. There's no money. See for yourself, Monica said, her eyes drifting towards the open safe. Jason turned and saw that the safe was empty. He had missed a chance earlier to look inside. You think we would keep money in the smelly basement? Elliot was just buying himself time while I made my way here. How is that possible? He didn't use a phone, Leo said. He told me through here, Monica said as she touched her temple. Jason frowned and peered at Leo, who continued to stare at her. We are telepathically connected since I started sucking on his blood. I know everything about him. Jason looked at Elliot, who stood motionless. No look of surprise had crossed his face. Jason had a feeling that they had stumbled upon a bizarre relationship that he wanted to know little about. Now, you either believe me or you don't. Either way, I told you this because you all won't be leaving here, Monica said, and Jason noticed that her upper canines began to stretch past her lower lip. Let's see. The one on the floor will be dinner, since he's useless now, and the two of you will be servants for Elliot. This works out well. I've been looking for caretakers. Monica lunged, and her form became a blur as she went for Iggy. Her movement slowed down enough for Jason to see her slash his throat, leaving him to bleed on the floor. She grabbed hold of Leo's neck and plunged her teeth into him. He jolted and moaned. Monica let go of Leo, and he collapsed. She locked eyes with Jason, pressed her body up against him, and drew her face towards his neck. Jason whimpered and shut his eyes. Monica jerked and sniffed like a predator searching for its prey. She stepped back, her face scrunched into disgust. You smell awful. You're too pure. You're probably even a virgin. Jason blushed. Please don't kill me, Jason said as he genuflected. Monica screamed. Stop that. I don't want to see that. Get out of here. If I ever see you again. Jason took off past Elliot towards the stairs. You won't, lady. I swear. I'm getting the hell out of this town with my abuela, he said over his shoulders, not daring to look back at Leo and Iggy. Thank you for listening to the Chillingly Bizarre podcast. For bonus content, check out chillinglybizarre.com. This was episode 8, season 3, titled Fatal Mistake, and it was written by JDW. The episode was narrated by JDW. All characters were voiced by JDW. Credits go to freesound.org and its following contributors. Snowflakes, Muses212, Dave Dud 101 Lucas Clara, Bendix, Raitana, KB7CLX, The Woodland Nomad, Alex McKay, Dosanto Barbosa, Mark3122, Jartan Abel, a Trainer 16, Ninja Shark Studios, and Matthew Henry. Please leave a review on the Spotify app or anywhere else you listen to the podcast.